Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 134. Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. How are you going today, Kel? Uh, yeah, not too bad because um, there's a few things going on in my world at the moment, so I'm just using all the tools I have to ensure I stay on the right side of things emotionally, which <laughs> sounds a bit vague and a bit sinister. There's nothing sinister going on. I've just, yeah, I've just been really focusing all my energy on the kids this year and for most of the year I've been able to do that unhindered by pretty much anything else, but there's just currently a few necessary things Um going on that require my energy need to be done and um I'll be happy when they're done <laughs> well, that's good. Could, I, could I get any bacon um, <laughs> it's just like a big yeah. vague book it's like oh my god so many yeah, things going on but hashtag I'm fine yeah I am fine it's all good it's just it's just things that answer state things paperwork that needs to be sorted and you know it, it's got to be done it takes energy that I'd rather give to the kids, but it is what it is. And it needs um, to be done as well. And I saw that you um, uh, did a public announcement about what was happening with Switch, so that must have been huge as well. Yeah, that was. So, you know, I kind of wrote the email last week and um, so for listeners. I thought that that's what you might have been talking about last week. Yeah, oh, that was one of the things. There's a few other things going on, but, yeah, um, so we have decided to wind down Swish Design, which is the web and graphic design business I started like 13 years ago. <gasps> That's so long ago. years ago. Um, and that aunt took over running and, you know, he really, like, I, I made it a good business, but I was kind of running it like a charity. Um, <laughs> and he turned it into an actual business that, you know, could pay people, like pay staff what they were worth and things like that. And, you know, contribute to the economy in a good way yeah um so yeah and my sister's been running it this year but we've got another business and she's been running that as well and we could have kept it going but the just the the load that that would require from her was just more than I could ask her um and yeah so and happily we're able we're able to absorb a lot of the stuff from Swiss Design into our other business and Kind of, we're really just giving away like the quite the, the big heavy websites that take a lot of time and take a lot of energy. So and keep, we're just keeping the more manageable kind of jobs and not taking on the big stuff anymore. So it's just more manageable for her. She's got three kids, um, and she's just yeah, like I said, she's my hero, <laughs> my sister, for what she's done this year, and I'm so relieved that. So yeah, for all that it's very mixed emotions about you know, well this is a business that's been going for 13 years and it's kind of a, like a baby yeah um it, it the timing is right um and yeah I'm just proud that we were able to kind of keep it going long enough to finish all the projects that we had on hand keep our staff employed because we loved our staff and um we've also been able to give our staff a bit of runway into their next you know whatever they do next they've got a a bit of time that's really good find that thing so just yeah just really proud of being able to do that um yeah so we're not like winding it up with like 
big debts or anything like we're just and disgruntled employees that have been left high and dry and that kind of yeah that's it we just wouldn't have wouldn't have sat sat well with us and that wouldn't have been true to the you know the values of the business over the years so yeah mixed emotions and it's taken a lot of energy and there's you know (laughs) doing things like selling a a rental property and things like that yeah just like oh okay necessary things to do but (laughs) um yeah so when it's all done it'll be great yeah anyway um Yes, that's enough about me. What's your, I'm going to go on to recommendation of the week. Let's just jump straight into it. Um, (laughs) No, I have absolutely no no idea how to pronounce this, but I think it's called, I think it's like, I'm not even going to try. Is it Xiaomi? I think think it's like Xiaomi or something. I don't know. It's X-I-A-O-M-I and it's... (laughs) (laughs) that's the least important part about it it's a robot vacuum and the actual so that's the brand and the actual like name of the robot vacuum is the robo rock so we had a Roomba years ago which we absolutely loved uh but he ended up like banging into a table and knocking a glass of water on his own head and then the top button didn't work anymore, so you could only use the remote control to get him to work. Anyway, cut a long story short, we had him for seven years and he was great. And then we replaced him with this um, Robo Rock. Um, and he's got this little laser in the top that kind of maps out the room. No shit, we use it every day. And it is just such a fantastic thing to do in between proper vacuums, particularly with an almost toddler who just leaves crumbs and dirt and crap everywhere. So if you are after a robot vac, I recommend the Robo Rock. You can also operate it remotely. So you can run it when you're not at home. So if we go out and we're shopping and we think, oh, we should have run the Roomba. We still call it the Roomba even though we yeah. so Roomba. Um, yeah, I know. It's really bad. Sorry, Roomba. But I do love Roomba. Like I would definitely get a Roomba again, but we just wanted to try, you know, all the different ones on the market because that's just who we are. Uh, we also have it on a schedule and so it's a, it's good to get into the habit. We make the room Roomba ready before like we leave so that there's no socks or yarn or anything on the floor that might get tangled. But, yeah, if you're thinking about getting a robot vacuum, I highly recommend them. We've had two different ones and over the last decade we've had one consistently and they're just fantastic, really good. Yeah, I am um, intrigued by this because yeah, I now have two puppies who <gasps> are forced to vacuum literally every day. Uh-huh. So I, I wonder how the puppies would go with a robo vac. That would be funny. That would be hilarious. Oh, look, to be honest, Harriet's not fond of it. Like she kind of, <laughs> she kind of goes ah, when it comes nearer, but um, she's she's getting there. Oh, awesome. Um, okay, so I don't have recommendations a week, but you will remember listeners um, <laughs> a few episodes ago where I said I bought shoes that had elastic laces because they were easy to take on and off anyway this started a great discussion in the Facebook group um, and it's really funny because I did not state which shoes were the kind of the trigger for getting the, the shoes with the elastic laces but a few people were like yeah my Converse shoes really annoy me because their laces are really annoying and I'm like it's my Converse <laughs> that pushed me to do this. Um, and then somebody said, why don't you just put elastic laces in your Converse? And I was like, uh, yeah, why don't I do that? So <laughs> I did that very thing this weekend and I can wear my cons again. And look, like elastic laces are not the most stylish thing in the world. But oh, they're not I'm, too bad. They're actually, like, I would say that the design of elastic laces are actually better than the design of tie-up laces because tie-up laces are kind of messy. They are super messy. And, like, look, I don't care about being stylish. I only care about being functional, you know, 
sad for every single person who's ever tried to dress me. But yeah, I'm just <laughs> stoked that I can wear my cons again. Um, oh, I wait. I forgot that I actually do have a recommendation. Um, so this thing, I did, found this thing the other day and I was made a note to myself to talk about it on the podcast and then I completely forgot all about it. So now <laughs> I just remembered it. Wait. Um, okay, so it is this thing called, I, said, I don't have a proper lead-in for it, sorry, guys. Um, it's a thing called story worth. Um, so if you are still lucky enough to have your parents or your grandparents around, and if you have a think about how much you actually know about them, particularly their early lives, you probably don't know very much about no. them. No. You know, because I was thinking about my own parents, um, who I'm very close to and who I think I know a lot about, but then I realised I actually don't know very much about their early lives at all, or much about their lives before us, their kids. Um, and I got to thinking that I wanted to know more about them before I did not have the chance to ask them again. And... And I had heard that there are these online programs and I think maybe Facebook read, read my mind because I'm pretty sure I saw this on Facebook. Um, so there is this program called StoryWorth. It sends your parents or, or whoever you want to find out more about um, a question every week and they write their answer to that question and StoryWorth both sends you that the answer but also stores their answer. And then at the end of a year, so you, they get a question every week for a year, so they get 52 questions. It then takes all your questions and answers and puts them into a book. That sounds fantastic. So it's very cool. So it's kind of like, you know, if, or if, you know, if your parents always, like, because my dad's kind of been trying to write his life story for a while, but he keeps getting stuck. So I was like, well, this is a good way to do it, Dad. Um, and, you know, yeah, and so you can order books in advance. I've ordered one for all my brothers and sisters. At the end of the year, like, all my brothers and sisters, we will get a book of, like, mum and dad's memories. And, you know, I've so loved getting my parents' answers to my questions every week and I'm learning lots about them. And also, like, the program um, suggests questions, but also you can, like, you can suggest your own questions too. So, you know, I've, I've asked, like, heaps of loaded questions. Like, yeah. I'm the, I'm the oldest of our kids dad was the oldest of his brothers and sisters my mum was the oldest of all her brothers and sisters so I was like so what was it like to be the oldest of five kids mum <laughs> the oldest of nine kids dad disappointingly neither of them said they hated their brothers and sisters growing <laughs> up, which is like what I wanted to hear kind of what you were aiming for <laughs> but yeah look it's it's just very cool and I just think gathering stories about the people that we love or you know even like your partner there's probably stuff about your partner that you don't know I just think yeah, yeah. I, I'm not on commission I just think it's really cool I just think it's really cool it's a that's a great uh, so, recommendation yes um so yeah so now on to Carly's random thing of the week so my random thing of the week is more of a warning than anything. So uh, my random thing is to always check the audio of your Insta stories before you upload them. So last week I took a quick video on stories and loaded it up and I was just doing it to show how neatly I'd mowed the lawn so you could just see these like perfect Virgo-esque straight lines in the lawn and I didn't even listen to the audio and I just uploaded it and then all these people were making these really weird comments and <laughs> about like Aragard and you know something about like babies eating Aragard and I was like what, what are they talking about and then I finally listened to the audio and in the background Ben's going no 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 Hattie don't eat the Aragard it's not for babies <laughs> <laughs> so all 
these people were commenting on it and I was just thinking, oh, God. It was actually we got off so, so lightly. It could wow. like the that amount could of, have been yeah. super awkward. I mean, particularly just because, like, Ben just swears all the time and <laughs> it could have been really bad, so I'm glad that that's what it was. But, yeah, check your audio because you never know <laughs> what is going on in the background of your stories. Yeah, good tip. Good warning, Carl. Yeah. I, yeah. I have thought about that before where I was taking I was taking a random video or something, but then there was something going on in the background for me and I was like, well, I can't post that, can I? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's suitable for anybody. Um, okay, so on to topic of the week, which is why failing 15% of the time is actually the key to success. So this came about from Kat Rohde. Um, she linked an article uh, on this topic, on this topic. Uh, which was in Huff, Huffington Post, and it was about failure. Um, and I will admit, like, as much as I love the article and love the concept, um, I'm taking it all with a very big grain of salt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Still, um, as with everything, but here's an excerpt. So ed- educational scholars have long recognised that in order to learn and grow, people need to fail every once in a while. But the latest study led by the University of Arizona proposes a mathematical formula for this. So for optimal learning and progression, tasks need to be hard enough to fail 15% of the time or succeed 85% of the time, the the researchers suggest. So we did the maths. Optimal failure works out to be more or less one-seventh. In other words, you're totally allowed to have one bad day each week or 1.05 days to be precise. So this equates to roughly a seventh of your time. So the formula is super simple. One out of seven anything is the optimum amount of time to fail. So I did a few fun equations (laughs) that I thought everyone might find interesting. So if you go on one date per week, you'd want to aim for 7.5 of them to be really, really awful. So the remaining 44.2 are going to be okay. If you want to lose, I was going to say, if you want to lose, if you want to lose half a kilo a week for eight weeks, you want to not lose weight for 1.2 of those weeks in order to have success for the other 6.8 weeks. If you want to get a job and you go on 11 interviews, you want 1.6 of them to go really badly to hopefully make the other 9.4 interviews go really well. If you're raising a child to the age of 18, like obviously beyond then, but that's kind of the average age of them kind of being in your care, you want 2.7 of those years to be pretty average, the other 15.3 to be excellent. And if you're married for 60 years, the ideal time for your marriage to be average is nine years uh, for the remaining 51 years to be successful and so on. So what do you think about this uh, whole thing, Kelly? (laughs) The whole failure thing. Look, I will say I'm a huge fan of failure. So I loved, I love this article because, you know, I've always come at life as one giant experiment and I've always thought if you're not trying things and failing, like how, how do you even learn anything? Um, and I do feel like one of the greatest gifts my parents ever gave me was the attitude that failure is feedback and there is nothing inherently shameful about failure. Um, you know, they always had this very stoic attitude of, okay, that thing you tried didn't go so well, so what did you learn? Okay, now that you've learned that thing, time to move on. Um so they've always kind of very much encouraged failure and never been that you know that hundred percent kind of thing. Mm. And so I work very hard to pass this attitude on to my own kids because I know how much it's benefited me. Um, and unfortunately, my kids do tend because I guess because they're kids, um, they tend to choose not trying over failing, which <laughs> kind of really kills me. Um, so but they're like when six, Kat- six and ten. 
six and ten. But you know yeah. what? Jaden is a real numbers guy. So when I tell you what, when Kat shared this article in the group, like I went straight to Jaden and I was like, <laughs> see, see, science proven, um, you know, loosely proven but proven um, that you need to fail 15% of the time otherwise you are just not being challenged so um, yeah I, I quite liked it for as a bit of ammunition for those people who don't like to fail at all just to say look you, how about why don't you start with things where there is at least a 15% of failure I actually think we can tolerate much higher levels obviously oh I agree um but I like this as a guideline for the people who don't like to fail at all to just say to them, look, you need to fail a certain amount of time, otherwise you're just not going to grow and, you know, develop and learn. So, yeah, that, that's kind of what I liked about it and that's how I would use that data, I guess, or those stats in everyday conversation. What about you, Carl? Yeah, you I, like I agree and I think it's just good. I, I use it more of a as a minimum amount of time to fail kind of rather yeah. than a maximum because yeah. I think when I look at that, it seems like a very low failure rate. It's is, is kind of like I failed a lot more than that in my life. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's good to, you know, put those parameters there for people who would prefer to not try than fail yeah. because if, you know, I think that they want to be enticed by the success and putting numbers on it will actually help that. I do think that like, yeah, when I look back on my life, it does seem to kind of work out like that. And I also think that the concept of failure is very often brushed over and ignored, and it is a super important thing to talk about. So this is a quote that I really liked um, from, a, a, it was an article about a TED talk by an astrophysicist called Erica Hamden. And she did this experiment that revolved around, uh, to be honest, I kind of glossed over this bit when I read it because... <laughs> I'm really not a very sciencey person. Like I, I really like it when people find a scientific conclusion. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really care how they got there is the thing. So whereas Ben's like, oh, how did you find that out? I'm like, no, nah, I don't care. I trust them. They're a scientist. Um, so she did this experiment that revolved around keeping a balloon afloat. She had a reason to do it. I just don't know what, don't know what it was. What it was. <laughs> so the whole point was keeping this balloon afloat in space. And she poured 10 years into this experiment and this, uh, and, and mainly the, the, the balloon was supposed to be collecting all of this data over a long period of time. And half the battle was keeping this balloon afloat and not pot. And it even survived an attack from a baby falcon. <laughs> and one day it, it just popped kind of out of nowhere. And so this was 10 years into the experiment and she lost the entire experiment, all of the data, everything, oh the God. whole thing was gone because this balloon popped. So it, it's a really good metaphor for, you know, how, how tenuous, her success was it was literally just you know shoestring of success and um so so this little this quote mainly applies to science but i think it's fantastic to apply it to everyday living so here's the quote learning not to give up is one of the most important lessons for becoming a successful scientist studies have shown that resilience and higher tolerance for failure can keep people in science but that learning doesn't happen in formalized settings in graduate school mm -hmm. there aren't usually classes that teach it even though research so shows that specific resilience training when offered can be effective if it is learned it happens 
privately in conversation with helpful principal investigators, with lab mates who have been there at home or over drinks with empathetic ears. Rarely it is discussed on stages like TED or in print or in career counselling session with prospective new scientists. So I read that and if you take away the word scientist and just replace it with person, I feel like it's a wonderful summary of straight and curly and the community and the learning that happens within that group. So it's all about resilience and discovery and conversation. And I really like how that kind of encapsulates how important failure actually is and how non-academic the process of discussing failure needs to be in order for it to be receptible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I do like speaking to kind of how we go about things and how we preach like you know and I I think as I mentioned earlier like you know we do approach life as one big experiment and our bodies and our minds as you and I I'm speaking about as kind of one big experiment and we approach things with curiosity so we don't kind of necessarily you know sometimes we go into something with a hoping for an outcome but a lot of the time we're just like I wonder what will happen if and then we Mm. try something and interestingly, in, in science, speaking about, you know, a lot of science is they are doing research in, you know, looking for a certain outcome or they, you know, propose a hypothesis and they're looking to either prove that hypothesis or not. And it, I often think, like, how interesting it is that a lot of our biggest discoveries in science have come from scientists are, like, researching something completely unrelated um, you know, they're like researching something to coat um, a balloon with and it ends up being the perfect coating for pots and pans, you know, mm. you know, or something that was developed for space, doesn't work in space but works perfectly for this thing here on Earth. And I just really love how failure in science is often um, the reward because Absolutely. they failed at what they set out to do but they achieved something that they didn't set out to do. And, um, and I think a lot of our lives are like that. We try things and we go somewhere we go in a certain direction seeking a certain outcome and quite often we go we get somewhere we didn't intend to but it's a really good place but it's all about keeping an open mind if you go and this is kind of ties back to failure if you go and the only outcome that is palatable to you is the one that you set out seeking then you're going to fail kind of most of the time. A lot more than 15%. Yeah, a lot more than 15%. But if you go with an open mind of this is what I'd like to happen but I'm open to other things, then you're actually going to have success more often than not. You're going to have almost like that that 85% kind of success rate. So, yeah, that's just some random rambling from me on failure. (laughs) Um, It's ripping off the top of my head, which doesn't happen too often. Um, But, yes, uh, and if you don't have anything else to add. No, no, it was actually just like a really short topic today and I was like it might not require a whole episode but I think it's a really cool thing to discuss and this was more for kind of generating conversation within the group and within the community and to see what other people think about it and, um, yeah, like their own experiences with failure as well and how, you know, they might have been able to, um, you know, get more comfortable with failure or, you know, sit more quietly with it that kind of thing yeah I find it interesting that it's 85 15 when I'm sure they could have tweaked it out to be 80 20 oh totally yeah principle isn't everything 80 20 exactly yeah but maybe they failed maybe that's what they were trying to prove and end up being 85 15 hypothesis (laughs) cool all right so anyway on to kicked our ass this week and Carl 
Um, so there's nothing particularly huge, but like, I'm just feeling a little low this week. I can't really put my finger on why just a bit kind of stressed and overworked. And I did take on another client and we have a family wedding coming up soon and we're just like drowning in social engagement. So that's probably it. But I just want a few days where like I'm managing everything and it's fine, but you know, just kind of getting up in the morning and, you know, getting the kid all set up and packing her lunch and getting her down for a nap and then maniacally working and then getting her up and then taking her to daycare because she just does like a little chunk in the afternoon so that I can get some proper work done and then I get the proper work done and then I get her home and then, uh, you know, I'll go for a quick walk and then cook dinner and then eat dinner and then, you know, it's just it's just constant all day. Every minute is pretty Yeah. And there is no white space or no go slow time. Exactly. And it's every day. Like there's no no real break from it. But, and I mean. And because you've been away on the weekend or how yeah. people stay on the weekends you're not getting like that recovery on the weekend exactly yeah got it yeah that yeah what about you <laughs> i know that feeling um uh let's see i have a short working week this week as the kids have a people free day on friday oh that's so fun it's kind of oh no it's not fun oh <laughs> uh, you know um to be fair, my my kids have always been shipped off somewhere on pupil free days in the past because I've always had to work and can't afford a whole yeah. day off. But like this term, I've decided my house will be the house where my kids' friends will come to on the pupil free day. Um, so while it is kind of kicking my ass a bit to compress my week into four days, um, I am actually looking forward to being home with them on Friday and not trying to work around them and just being able to you know, beat mom and be there for them and their friends. So, yeah. Actually, that reminds me because last week we had a public holiday here uh, for the Melbourne Cup. Um, so, you know, you get in all of Victoria and we totally forgot about it. And oh, then yeah. it was the day before and we we're like, oh, God, it's um, bloody public holiday tomorrow and Harriet's daycare is closed. I'm like, what are we going to do? And we were going like running ourselves in circles going, well, you work for this amount of time and you work for yeah. this amount of time and I did that and blah, blah, blah. And then we went, you know what? It's public holiday. Let's just pretend like it's a weekend. So we actually took our first public holiday off in, I'd say, 10 years. And it was was (laughs) lovely. It was so nice. I highly recommend if you work for yourself, actually take the public holidays. I know. It's so tempting to work in public holidays because no one else is working. So no one's harassing you on email. Yeah. And you could get ahead. Clear air. air, But um, it is also quite amazing when you actually take it off. Um, Yeah, it's lovely. Um, yeah, so what did you kick ass at this week? So, kick ass this week, so it's not so much of a kick ass, just more of a general lovely thing. So, we had Chrissy from Hair Romance and her husband Jim from Mr. and Mrs. Romance come and stay for the weekend, and it was just lovely. Like, you know, I've been friends with her for Oh my God, I don't even know now so many years. And we used to stay at each other's houses all the time, but I haven't had the chance in a while. And it was just really nice to chill out. And I haven't seen her since the day before I went into labor with Harriet. So oh. yeah, so she hasn't, she hasn't met Harriet. She hadn't met Harriet yet. Um, so it was so lovely and it was a big drive because they're in Sydney. So it was a six hour drive, yeah. but it was so lovely. We didn't even do anything. We just sat around and went for walks yeah. and drank wine and hung out with the baby. And it was just lovely to spend time with people who fill your cup. And I encourage everyone to do more of it. And Chrissy listens to every single episode of the show. <laughs> yeah. So hi, Chrissy. Love you. Hey, Chrissy. Love you <laughs> um, okay. Well, you was speaking of filling cups. Um, so my kicked ass is that I caught up with my friend Brooke Calorie by phone today. Oh, um, lovely. So 
Facebook, um, for people that don't know, is who I used to do the Let It Be podcast with. So, you know, I used to talk, like with Carly, I used to talk with her every week. Um, but because we don't do the podcast anymore, like the last time I talked with Brooke was when she, she in June, she came over here to kind of hold my hand through the week where it was, <clears throat> where it was Aunt's birthday, um, which she did very, very admirably. That was a big job um but then she had to go back home to New South Wales and she got caught you know she was moving into a new house and getting re-established with her family in Australia after um a year of traveling and doing you know work stuff and we were actually a bit shocked today that we somehow hadn't spoken since June like you know and that's a kind of a little bit of a danger of social media is because you can see what people are up to on Instagram and Facebook you think, oh, I'm keeping in touch because I can see what Absolutely, they're doing. Absolutely, yeah. But then, yeah, then we were like, oh, my God, like we literally have not spoken since June. Um, and that's also a problem with the phone being the only way to catch up with people because I'm so uh, – there's a few people who have tried to catch up with men, but, like, the only way I can talk to them is via phone. And, it like, you kind of have to set a meeting. And then also some often things come up where I'm like, oh, I just I can't talk today, you know, um, you're not able to get on the phone so yeah it's yeah if it's the only way that you and I can chat it's going to be months between conversations which is a shame but I'm very very glad I got to chat with Brooke today because yes in the same way that seeing Chrissy filled your cup so too did getting to chat with Brooke oh that's lovely and I think everyone who listened to let it be would just be so thrilled that you guys are still chatting probably a little bit bummed that you didn't record the conversation but (laughs) (laughs) did it care to me I did go very very deep um as I do with Brooke I think I just went blah 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 blah. it's everything I've been doing in the last you know four months and then we were like let's not leave it four months again um we should maybe catch up for a um for a, a like a random podcast episode one time soon yeah that'd be great um so that's just about time to wrap up it's a it's a short episode today and don't forget that we do have a patreon page which keeps straight and curly in your ears and covers our production costs if you do love listening to the show and you want to support it just visit patreon.com forward slash straight and curly you can also follow us on instagram at smaggle and at kelly exeter yeah, and finally, do jump into the Facebook group and share your thoughts about this week's show. Tell us what you think about failure and if you think the 15% failure rate is uh, exceptionally low. Um, we do look forward to chatting more with you in there. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com. And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com. Mom.